Welcome to the Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their first names. I'm Mandy Kaplan. I'm Mandy Fabian. And every week we test the limits of our friendship that still remains strong, uh, arguing over movies, books, and all of Mandy's dumb ideas. Hey guys, why don't you go ahead, sit back on your couch or in your driver's seat, and let's just, let's get to it. Cut this shit. God bless you all. And you come and be with us in the safe space. No, no, you cannot float through a podcast. I won't allow it. So our regular listeners are going, what, what, what? Yeah, Mandy yeah, Kaplan yeah. started the, the podcast last week. Why is Mandy Kaplan starting the podcast again this week? I know. They're furiously marking their calendars, checking to see if they ha- somehow got it wrong. Go ahead, yeah. No, no, you're all correct. We called a, a mulligan, as Mandy Fabian likes to say, mm-hmm. and we're going to go Mandigan. out of order. Mm-hmm. Amandigan, perfect. And we're going to talk about the Chris Rock special, Outrage, because last night, the 2023 Oscars were on TV. Yes. This is all very topical. Hot. It's trending. Hashtag now. Mm-hmm, we're going to mm-hmm. we're going to start Hashtag with now the mm-hmm. Chris Rock special. Which, yes. And we're going to talk about the Oscars. Oh, hell but yeah. Hell yeah, we up, are. You brought up an abortion, <laughs> as you often do. Because I and do. Yeah. My favorite joke of the Chris Rock special was if you have to pay for your own abortion, <laughs> you should get an abortion. I really liked that. Okay. Yeah, that was a great, that was a really great joke. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this will be, you know, the Oscars will have been a week ago, guys, but surely it's still tingling in your memory. Like surely it's still, you're still floating from the event. I'm excited to hear what you thought about it. First of all, though, before we even get into that, I just want to, there's something I need to acknowledge on a personal level. Okay. And I owe you and I owe the Fandies and everyone else an apology because, um, and I'm going to try to correct it on this podcast. I am one of those people who laughs at her own jokes. I'm, I I laugh <laughs> at my own jokes. Uh, I know this now. Um, I, and I, I am, I'm aware of it. I just want you guys all to know that I'm working on it and I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to be better. Well, that's why we be started best. the podcast so that you could fix this. So yeah. now we can wrap it up. Now you <laughs> organically discovered it. <laughs> See, I'm you, laughing at your jokes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you can always laugh at my jokes. Of course. That's how okay. we remain friends. Disagreeing all these years. That's, that's the sweet spot right there. Well, one of the things while we're trying to self-correct, yeah. One of the things I'd like to work on is uh-huh. what I just did, which is starting a sentence and then interjecting into my own sentence something else and then coming <laughs> back. So it takes this circuitous route to get to my point. And we both do it and mankind oh, yeah. does it. You start sure. something and you say, oh, so last night I was, wa- well, okay, I was watching the Oscar. Well, Casey said the funny and you just keep cutting yourself yeah. off. Oh, and yeah. I'm driving myself bananas. So, yeah, I see my husband's eyes start to lose light as I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> let me tell you this detail of the story, realizing that's not really important to the story. Yeah. I must say, well, that doesn't that's not really important to the story a thousand times a day. So anyway, before just for anybody who's new listening to this podcast, this is not a self-help podcast, but we just are, you know, but it is we're just being honest. We want to make in each other better annoyed. Mandy's. Yeah, better Mandy's. <laughs> oh goodness all right so so shall we start with chris rock no oscars or the Let's oscars. Talk oscars. oscars yes hot topics okay 
<laughs> That's a great, yeah. See, we always sing too. Um, I straight up, and I am typically, a, you might be surprised, but kind of a cynical Oscar watcher. I think I have a tendency to be a little, little cynical. I know I didn't enjoy the Oscars last year. And this year to me was pitch perfect, had everything that last year didn't. It was so glamorous. It was so fun. I I loved the way they lit up the whole theater. I loved the spirit of it. It felt so like, I love that people's speeches weren't like, thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Colin. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Ed. Because you don't like Irish people. Okay, go on. Yeah, well, I've told you I'm turning Irish. It's This is unstoppable. Next week, there will be an accent. I guarantee it, okay? Um, that was a really good one. Uh, working on it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I loved... I love that they were saying, oh, thanks to my drama teachers. And like, you know, this is for, I remember how my mom encouraged my creativity. And I, so many people said, there's no way I even deserve this award. It is a team effort. This is on behalf of everyone. It was so gracious and fun. You know, those guys that won for a short documentary just skipped the speech altogether and just sang happy birthday to their cast member. I loved it. I loved, I really loved it. I was not cynical, but of course I was still floating for the weekend, but I was very, I was really in it and it made me love the movie business. That's it. Okay, we can end. Do you have anything to say? (laughs) No. I found it safe and boring. No, you did not. The, The host, the bits, all too safe all too boring. What? It all felt too PC and please don't get mad. I barely laughed and I adore Jimmy Kimmel. I think he's a perfect host. This year he was too safe. Uh the only parts I laughed at were when he was slamming Will Smith, which <laughs> or was also funny. the only part of the Chris Rock thing I loved, but I I uh I thought some of the speeches were absolutely breathtaking really powerful i cried at almost every acceptance speech but the production of the oscars Mm -hmm. boring oh my god i completely disagree i thought jimmy kimmel was spot on i thought he was i thought his humor was very sophisticated but i mean you know it's no secret that i am more sophisticated than you my tastes run much more highbrow than yours i like that you're shocked we're disagreeing you're like, oh, I, I totally, totally disagree. Every time. Do you know how it still lives in my cells somewhere that you didn't think the Nick Kroll special was funny? Like, I mean, it's it's shot. It is shocking to me. Mm. But also, yeah, you're right. I know I should I should know it by now. But I just thought I, I thought he actually was pretty edgy. There were things he said that I was like, whoa. But I thought he said it in such a classy, plain way that. There was no, and he said things that weren't like even jabbing. It was more, he just plainly stated the truth about the, about the Will Smith thing, about, you know, the state of the industry. I mean, I can't remember the specifics. I didn't take notes while I was watching it, but I I thought he just, did you? Of course you did. Of course I did. I mean, not, (laughs) not that many, but I took notes. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's interesting. I was excited for him and I... I was disappointed in him. And his crowd work was uncomfortable. And he's usually so good at that. When he Don't expect Malala to join in, in your reindeer games. It was uncomfortable. It was, Leave she Malala did great. out of it. No, everybody oh. did great. It was funny. 
You, you thought it was it too funny. uncomfortable? Yeah. <clears throat> the biggest laugh of the night for me was when Jimmy Kimmel made a safe, boring joke about if you're going to come attack me, you have to get through the Mandalorian Hilarious. and Michelle None of that made me laugh. Then oh he my said God. Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield chose to make a face like, I don't know if I'm going to get involved. And <laughs> I laughed out loud and I was like, good for Andrew Garfield for not doing the typical response that the other six actors did of like, yeah, don't mess with me. Don't mess with Jimmy. Andrew Garfield zigged when they zagged and I enjoyed it. So kudos to him. I thought, that whole thing, I thought that whole thing was pre-planned. So they don't tell people that they're going to, you know, w- do a little bit with them. That doesn't seem pre-planned to me. You know, what did not was, seem. Oh, yeah. You know, no, go ahead. You know, it did not seem pre-planned. What I couldn't believe is how many people did not bother to say, hey, would you send me the paragraph that I'm going to say just so I could practice it a couple times and kind of have a sense of what I'm saying? The presenters? <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, I It's really interesting. Like, I'm just going to be on stage in front of 60 million people. But you know what? I could probably wing it like a cold read should be fine. <laughs> I thought that was kind of crazy, especially because the show always runs long. And then they speak in sentences like they're on a Zoom. Mm-hmm. And then they mess up sentences when because they don't know what they're saying. Right. <laughs> that was really good. Would you that like my impression? Good. Yeah. I, it was really good. You guys, that was not, we didn't do that with editing. I just did that no, naturally. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what was your favorite speech? What was your favorite moment? My favorite moment? Um, oh, I think it was probably the British guys who won for, I think it was animated short. Mm. Yes. The boy, the wolf, mm. the otter, the ear. And the bringing the funk. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But those British, the two British guys who he started off saying, I'm British, so I'm not comfortable saying thank you. So I'm going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he did. I'm I'm sorry, you know, to everyone who participated in this film and couldn't be here. And I'm sorry to my mom and dad for having to raise an artist. Or well, I forget what he said. But it was it was adorable. And then the second guy, the other director gets up and says, like, I was told I might need a little trouble, a little help with dressing. And so that was true. And he was just, it was just funny. They were just so not Hollywood and so uh-huh. delighted. Maybe the one thing that maybe is hard for people to hear is when people get up and go, man, this is my second film or this is my first film. Right. <laughs> That's got to be heartbreaking to some of the people in the audience who are like, oh, I don't know, 18 years and never been nominated, but that's okay. Right. Well, and by, I heard Jamie by Lee people, Curtis, I mean me. <laughs> yes. I heard Jamie Lee Curtis in an interview and that woman has never paid a due in her life. <laughs> she does not understand work or... and. She was like, well, when I was 18, someone just offered me a a deal at Universal. So I appeared on a bunch of TV shows and then I had never taken an acting class. I had never thought about acting. I didn't care. And then I got Halloween. (laughs) So it's hard to root for J.B. Lee Curtis. I do. And I like her. But come on, you know. Yeah, she's at least she's having a heyday, though. I mean. I know she is, but she never had a not heyday. She's just, yeah, that's you true. know, things She's... have been handed to her from nepotism and for whatever reason, she's just never wanted for anything. I, I well, don't know. Yeah. 
She married Christopher Guest. I mean, that must just be lucky, lucky lady. I know. Laugh out loud every minute. Although yeah. maybe not. Maybe he's very quiet at home, and they're very studious and intellectual. I don't but know. They were we holding try to get hands and show. affectionate, and I like seeing marriages like that. You know, when you're yes. when you're watching something, and I I hope yeah. and pray they have a very happy marriage. And I do love Jamie Lee Curtis. I just this interview was like, come on, tell me something didn't come easily to you. Yeah, um, yeah. I really My, felt for the the co- her co-star who was also nominated in the Best Supporting Actress category. And Stephanie Hsu, yeah. Yeah. She is... You didn't see the movie, right? You didn't I see did it? I did not. Oh, God. She's wonderful. She's, mm-hmm. I, she, she was one of those actresses that I clocked and was like, okay, my next project, if I can get Stephanie Hsu, I will. I mean, now mm-hmm. probably I can't. But before, when I saw the movie, I was like, she is a person I would work with again and again. Like, yes. everything about her... I just thought her work was precise and grounded and she had to do a lot in comedy and drama and she just brought it in this way. I loved her work in it. But she had she's not winning any of the awards because she's, you know, co-nominated with Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Which I think is a okay for her. She'll Of course you know, she's young this and this has been yeah. 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 Um well my favorite speech, thanks for asking, was uh and I hope I pronounce that right, Ki Hoi Kwan, who <gasps> Yeah. I have not seen the movie, so when he opened his mouth and he still sounds like short round, I started to cry and I couldn't stop. And I I think I mentioned this on the podcast. His entertainment lawyer is Chunk from The Goonies, Jeff Cohen. And he thanked (gasps) Jeff Cohen and he's like, my Goonies brother, Jeff Cohen, for Jeff Cohen negotiated this contract for him. What? How incredible is that connection and that history? And then he's making this just stunning speech about the American dream and never giving up and brotherhood. And they show Ariana DuBose sobbing behind him. She is such a softy and she acknowledged it. And I couldn't stop crying because she was crying. He was crying. I was crying. That was my highlight for sure. Um, It won't surprise you to know that I didn't love that speech. Um, But here's why. I love how in love with this thing he is. I love that he was hugging everybody and jumping up and down and completely unbridled joy. But I do not, my discomfort comes when people stand on that stage and go, don't give up you out there because this is the dream. This is the thing that you can all hope for. And if you just don't give up, you're going to get here. And that is not realistic. (laughs) (laughs) That is liar. And I actually think it is damaging to artists to point at them through that television and go, you could be here someday because then they won't, you know, they'll always be judging themselves against that, you know? Yeah. I really think it's important to to enjoy the journey. And in fact, one of the Daniels said that, which I loved. He was like, my son holding his trophy. He was like, this is meaningless. (laughs) It's not about this. I will love you no matter what, but I hope you live a full creative life. But it is not about this. And that actually got a lot of big applause because both of the leads in Everything Everywhere All at Once were pointing and going, this could happen for you. Don't give up. And I'm like, no, no, no. Some people might maybe should give up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You should have been doing the the pragmatist's interpretation instead of sign language interpretation. <laughs> so he's like, don't give up. And you're behind going, eh, unless maybe, it's not going well, may, maybe give up, <laughs> you know, just just resign yourself to doing community theater and pay your rent a different way. That's all I'm saying. Yes. 
Well, find, look, we're not going to get too deep. Find a way to do what you love in a way that satisfies your soul. Don't do it to win awards. Don't do it to make money. Right? Yes. It's why I created Miscast. Yes. It makes me so happy. I don't keep a dime. I'm not world famous from it yet. But I don't do it for fame and glory. I do no. it for my soul and the soul of anyone who participates. And so, and it's lovely. It's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like a small right. that show is so fun and feeds people's hearts, and you know, and it's a it's a gift to the world. <clears throat> it's not, you know, we're not standing on the stage in front of sixty million people holding a trophy, right? But that doesn't mean that that's what everybody should be shooting for constantly. I agree I'm, with you. Yeah. I was just so swept up in his joy. Oh well, his story. He and he did say this is like this could only happen in movies, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's such an extraordinary story that he is living, and that yeah. for that, I get the sobbing because it's like, I mean, to have done like a couple movies and then nothing for years and years and years, and not give up after all of that—that mm-hmm. that is extraordinary. I mean, that's a great that's a great story. Um, but I just get nervous whenever they go, this could happen for you too. <laughs> right. I also really loved the editor of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Patrick and I just looked at each other and we were like, wow, he is totally unflappable. Uh, just, and hot. Oh, right. So is he the yeah. one I'm thinking no. of? Yeah. Patrick didn't mention that, but I certainly noticed <laughs> it. Yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very hot. Very hot. And, and just like fun. Like that, that, really warmed me to the movie because what I saw, I I saw it and I really enjoyed it. It is clever and weird and different. And you can really tell that it is a labor of love. And you can tell that it meant a lot to everybody who was a part of it. Just big swing. Yeah. From the speeches and from everything like, uh, you know, even though like, let's, when people are like, that's a little movie that did good. Like, no, well, it was like a $17 million movie or something. Like it was, it had a budget. It was not, Mm -hmm. You know, right. it wasn't an indie film by any stretch of the imagination. However, uh, you could tell that they really were able to get as weird and wild as their little artist hearts wanted to. And they were supported in that. And it was great. I will say, though, I didn't feel anything from the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting and fun and cool. But I wasn't mm-hmm. like sobbing at the end or I wasn't particularly moved by it. Right. I just thought it was a great movie. And so that was surprising me, all the best picture and all the things. Yeah. Like, well, artistically and technically, and you could feel the love for the process, but it didn't like touch me as a human being because it was so kind of wackadoodle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that movie is polarizing. Everyone I know didn't like it. Oh, but, interesting. But appreciated the artistry of it. Uh, I don't really know anybody who saw it and loved it. Personally. I do. I know, but I know people cri- critics yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's also being it's a it's it's being told as like a family love story. And it like that's there, but that's there in a very sort of a framework for the whole thing to be as wackadoodle as you want. But I thought it was interesting is seeing the guys who made it, seeing the way they talked about each other, hearing hearing their big hearts, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, so I don't I didn't get that from the movie, but I got that from their speeches it's like, mm-hmm. oh, they really they have they're they're really I bet that was a very wonderful set to be on. Oh, yeah. It felt like a family. So when they do everything everywhere all over again, mm-hmm. I think we should audition. OK, you know, we're 
we're probably so right for it. Yeah. Um, well, I would like to wrap up our Oscar oh, recast. Right, yes. mm-hmm. Are you, is there any other burning observation? Uh, how about Lady Gaga? I thought of you. I just want you to know that. Well, another weirdly close-up performance. Why does she want the camera in her throat as she sings? I think her purpose was to be without makeup and which hair. She yes. was completely stripped down, and I think yes. she was trying to say she is a walking installation piece. Like, yeah. she is pure, like, always kind of thinking in terms of presenting an art and mm-hmm. meaning, I find her, as an individual. Um, um, yeah, I thought she was a bit off pitch, too. Just, I'm putting it out there. I think she did, too, because at one point she took her earpiece out. And I thought, I wonder if she's doing that so that she can just give a raw performance and not worry about being mm-hmm. so, you know. Yeah. Like, but I, I thought it was interesting. She was stripped naked in a way. Yeah. It was cool. I, I thought the correct song won for best song. Not to. Oh, not it to. did. I, yeah. The other songs did not impress me. I was bored by all the other songs. So I was glad that one that had oh, a yeah. life and an electricity. And yeah. OK, my last observation is Florence Pugh looked like she was wearing a shower curtain and that a toddler <laughs> gave her her haircut. OK, <laughs> so sorry, Flo. Sorry, Flo. It happens. Yeah, that was a weird, weird outfit. It was weird. <laughs> It was a little odd, yeah. Most, cool. of, I will say there was a year, a couple of years where all of the outfits were, everybody was trying to have like no center to their dress. Mm-hmm. They all wanted their dresses to look like they were floating. Oh, we did notice the woman with the big white sort of fan. Inappropriate. And, yeah. We were like, what? Who's wearing that? And by the way, who's sitting behind her? I would right. be so the pissed. Unlucky that. two or three rows who couldn't get a clear view of the stage. I cannot believe they let her walk in with that. Who is she? I know. I'm going to... Have no idea, but I'm sure white somebody's talking about it. Head, <laughs> white head, Oscars, <laughs> 2023. She's got to pop up. What yeah. if she was a seat singer? Thames oh. goes viral for wearing enormous headpiece, which blocked audience members at the <laughs> 2023 Oscars. <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic! I oh was. Oh my god, that was really in poor taste. It was Just, very. Yeah. Take it off during the show. If you want to wear it on the red carpet, great. For mm-hmm. pictures, you go, Thames. But, <laughs> oh, I was, oh, it was maddening. It was very funny. Um, so, so, yes. We watched Outrage on Netflix, the Chris Rock special. It's Selective Outrage. I thought the thing was called Outrage, no? I think it's Selective Outrage, but I could be wrong. It says Selective on the thing. But either way, you just did a selective title. You know what I mean? I you did. chose the outrage part of selective outrage. And I think it's appropriate, Mandy. Stand behind your choices. Well, he definitely said selective outrage a ton during the special. And selective times. Yes. Oh, it is selective, but it's on that little red strip in tiny yeah. writing. Are you so colorblind? To... That's something I need to know. Are you? Jared says I am sometimes. Because well. I'll say, oh, I like that green thing. And Jared will be like, that's blue, you're colorblind. And he won't even <laughs> discuss it with me. Um. Okay. Okay. So I wanted to dive into this because the Oscars were coming up and this and Chris Rock got a lot of backlash. We can talk about it when we get there. I know nothing about the backlash because I was off, you know, swimming naked in the ocean. Fantastic. I can't wait to hear. Well, the it's this is called a comedy special. And my big overall note is 
It was not a comedy special. It was not funny. Chris Rock took us to church. He had some things he wanted to say, and he said them. Mm -hmm. Were they interesting and pointed and smart? Yes. Yeah. Did I laugh? Barely once. Oh, the I whole did. Hour plus. Sure. I'm also. We know I'm a goody goody when it comes to the MRFers and the N word, and yeah. the profanity was so unnecessary and took me out. You it's can't just, say that. You can't say it's unnecessary. It's Chris Rock. It's how he expresses. Like it's, yeah. it's you. You don't enjoy it, but to say it's unnecessary, like that's his method of. That's how he talks. He always has. It's not something he's doing new to try to get attention. Right. It's his language. It's how he does his comedy. I uh, you point absolutely taken. Yes. You but, might also say it, it's unnecessary to keep repeating things over and over again, but that's his style. Like not mine. only his style. It's mine too. It's a huge thing in stand-up comedy because, as you know, I watched a bunch of stand-up comedy a couple weeks yeah. ago with my dad. Yeah. And watching Chris Rock, they make a point. They make a point. They make a point. They make <laughs> a point. Then they get to the joke. And I don't understand it. And it takes me out. Stylistically. Unless you are repeating it with a different flair or a different you know, purpose. Yeah. But God damn, did he repeat everything he said? I have a theory. Ooh. Some, so it doesn't always take me out because especially like when Tom Papa did his legendary bit on they don't eat bread when, when he's talking about people who don't eat bread because they're trying to lose weight. He says mm -hmm. they don't eat bread. They don't eat bread. They don't eat bread and he repeats it so many times that it makes it funny like david letterman uma oprah uma oprah or whatever mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. so that is kind of a classic thing but i have a theory that maybe they're trying to remember their routine or it's how they keep dead space from happening as they're transitioning to the next thing they kind of have to repeat the that last bit and then launch into the next part that's what i think but i'm a technical genius that could <clears> be you know? it just it annoys me. It's not a huge thing. It just yeah. annoys me. And I just did it myself by repeating that phrase. So <laughs> I feel your pain, Chris Rock. He said, one of the first things he said, 60 seconds in, I'm going to try not to offend anybody. Oh, and hilarious. then he used the N word over and over and over and over and insulted everybody and offended everybody. Yes. So yes. I get that that was his point. I'm aware. Is there uh, is there a stand-up comedian that doesn't offend anybody? Well, Jim Gaffigan maybe doesn't offend anybody. He's very I, like I yeah. think there are a lot. John Mulaney, I don't think would be offensive to people. Yeah. Yeah. The more observational comics. Yeah. Yeah. I I I think I think Chris Rock's brand has always been like saying shit that other people might think but shouldn't say. And mm -hmm. some of the stuff he says, I'm like, oh, I don't think anybody's thinking that anymore. I laughed a couple times. There were a couple bits that I thought were really funny. And one of them, he talks about Meghan Markle. Mm -hmm. And it's at 1709. And Pete, I would really love it if you could just play that little clip. Back to the show. Everybody <laughs> trying to be a victim. Like, well, what's this girl? Uh, Meghan Markle. Oh. Seemed like a nice lady. Just complaining. I was like, didn't she hit the light skin lottery? <laughs> hit 
the fucking light-skinned lottery and still going on complaining, acting all dumb like she don't know nothing. Going on Oprah, I didn't know. I had no idea how racist they were. It's the royal family. You didn't Google these motherfuckers? <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? She didn't know. The fuck? It's the royal family. They're the original racists. They invented colonialism. They're the OGs of racism. They're the Sugar Hill Gang of racism. <laughs> like the hip hop, the hibbit, the hibbit, hibbit, hip, hip, hopping, you don't stop of racism. <laughs> the fuck is she talking about? I didn't know. The thing that he repeated so many times that I thought was so funny because when you first hear it, it's a funny idea. And then when he repeats it, because he says, she didn't know that they were racist. She didn't know that the royal family was racist. And the more you hear that idea, the more you go, well, that is crazy. I right. mean, not that they should be racist, but like the expectation that they we might know they be. are. Yeah. yeah. Like, I lo- I think that's so that's that observational but dark you know calling people out on their shit humor mm-hmm. you know and i i think it's great you know it, it didn't seem mean-spirited like i don't like it when you know i don't know he doesn't seem super mean-spirited when he goes when he goes after people he's a little teasy he offers up a perspective um you know except he's very diminishing of women <laughs> except- you think beyonce's gorgeous <laughs> Beyonce's yeah. so gorgeous. She's talented, but she's gorgeous. She's so hot. She's gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous. That that Chris part, Rock, I, Beyonce yeah. is a once in a lifetime talent. Yes, agreed, agreed. No, I thought that was actually offensive and stupid. And like, you're you're now you're just and he claims to be a feminist because he talks about his daughters, his daughters, and, he's, and he, you know, and being all pro abortion because he's had he's given so many hasn't given abortions, but he's paid for so many abortions, <clears throat> and he's paid for all the pussy sorry i'm gonna say it but that you know he uses that word all the time and i don't mind that word but i didn't think it was particularly clever it felt very old school Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a fresh perspective it was a very kind of misogynistic sort of it goes back to take my wife please right yeah yeah that that yeah have we not moved on from that yeah that was 80 years ago in the catskills yeah i agree that was not a fresh perspective the one thing that i thought was funny Maybe not a fresh perspective, but when he talks about how um, human offspring is the worst because yeah. every other like every other species has like you know three or four days and then the baby's on its own like the the bird Hope you can fly yeah exactly yeah. kicks a baby out of its nest and we spend eighteen years taking care of our offspring I thought that was funny I thought he said some interesting funny things I very I didn't laugh yeah again my Seinfeld reaction. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Like the baby bird. Um, But as I was watching and taking notes, I love to ask Pete to play clips. That's probably my favorite thing in life to yeah. do because telling a man what to do and then he just does it. Sorry, Pete. <laughs> I love it. But every time I thought, oh, I'll ask Pete. That was a funny line. The f- He would follow it up with a line that deflated the joke and made that's it not true. funny. Or it was just a torrent of profanity so he would have a a clever line and then 
wouldn't follow it up with more clever, funny things. He would follow it up with his opinions or rage or it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't make me laugh. Yeah. It was like a lecture. If if you said Chris Rock is giving a TED talk about his observations of the world, I would have loved it. Yeah, because that's he makes good observations. He's very smart. Yeah. But this was a stand up special. I, I agree. I mean, I didn't I wasn't like holding my side laughing, but but he has such a fire about him. And then mm-hmm. and then everybody, of course, was dying to know to hear from him. I mean, has he ever even made a statement or anything since the Oscars last year? In live shows, he has referenced. Yeah, I got slapped. I'm not going to talk about it yet. He has brought it up on stage, but he has not made a statement or publicly released anything. This was it. This was the one year later. I've got something to say. And we had to wait the whole 59 minutes. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Yes. I mean, you're right about like, but some people, I don't know, his, his rhythms, it's not maybe as funny all the time, but there is something about the music of his comedy that I really enjoy. Like the way he talks is so specific to him that he just kind of yell talks the whole time and mm-hmm. he paces the stage. He does a little skippy hop thing that's really funny. When he yeah. gets when he gets a new idea, he does a little pot of beret and then he goes back the other direction. <laughs> and I love the way he looks at the audience like everybody's crazy. That's his whole thing, you know, even when he's talking about his his daughter and going to this fancy white people school and how, you know, she needs to get suspended because, you know, she she's so spoiled. Like he's he's the way he the way he talks. I like to watch him talk and move. I'm glad it wasn't any longer, you know, mm. but his energy, while it didn't make me laugh all the way through, I I enjoy him so much because I think he's just very unique in that way. And and he had he was angry. This is and we'll get into the let's get into the last part because I thought that his statement on it was <laughs> really interesting and I he was so I was like, "Oh, Chris Rock has been traumatized." He yes, te- he was teary at the end. Like mm-hmm. he this was hard for him to talk about like it was only after watching the special and watching the end of it i was like oh that's right this was traumatizing for him mm-hmm. he got smacked in front of millions of people and it was unfair and wrong and nobody stopped it and right. you know it it was very weirdly moving at the end that's just flashing back kimmel's best joke was if you do come up here and slap me Here's what's going to happen. We're right. going to win Best Actor. We're going to let you make a 19-minute speech and not cut you off. That was a good joke. Yeah. Um, so Chris Rock did not take the high road in this special. And no. I am so glad. It Right? <laughs> yeah. Who wants to watch him say, listen, we all make mistakes. <laughs> I've forgiven. No one wants that. He went for it. Yep. He went for the jugular. He talked about their marriage. Oh. That she, you know, she banged her son's friend and uh, Jada called him. He he said to the world, Jada called me and said, stop hosting the Oscars because they didn't nominate my husband for a movie called Concussion. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've never even heard of Concussion. I, it, the, it, he really, he, you know, dug 
the dirt. He slung dirt at them in a way that was so satisfying. Oh, they yeah. Deser- well, they deserve it. I'm sorry. He started the whole context of, let me tell you what happened. And then he started, he talked about how she did that interview and they did it online. They put their affair on the internet with her like interviewing Will Smith you know, about how he feels about the fact that she cheated on him. So public, so humiliating to him, mm-hmm. you know. And then there he goes in this whole diatribe about everyone calling him a bitch, which was really funny because, you know, he wasn't calling Will Smith a bitch. He was saying how everybody was calling him a bitch. Everybody right. was piling on to Will Smith. And right. he went after me. Yes. Which I thought was really interesting. Um, I do have one clip. Great. He, I'm, I'm going to be real specific with the time codes so that people get the good stuff. One hour, seven minutes and eight seconds to one hour, seven minutes and 35 seconds. He says, I've always rooted for Will Smith. I love Will Smith. My whole life, I love this nigga. I saw him open up for Run DMC at the Nassau Coliseum. These niggas made brand new funk. I love this nigga. He made some great movies. I have rooted for Will Smith my whole life. I root for this motherfucker, okay? And now, I I watch Emancipation just to see him get whooped. Got me rooting for Massa, okay? I hit him again, Massa. Hit him again. You missed the spot, Massa. You missed the spot. I enjoyed that, and I thought it was genuine, and I had the same clip, because I love that he starts off, and he means it. He starts off, I went a little bit earlier, but he starts off saying, I love Will Smith. And he means it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that like you go, oh, my God, this guy was. He was a fan and really yeah. rooted, really loved him to get attacked for something that he didn't do. <laughs> yeah. Was just. Yeah. Really, really. I, I agree. I thought it was funny. And when he dropped the mic, like uh, he dropped the mic after saying I was taught not to fight in front of white people. That also expanded that moment, which is the thing that communities, I can't remember, I think there was like a now this where a bunch of black people were talking about like how horrible that event was just from the perspective of a black American or, you know, whatever, like that, that, you know, to have you know, it just looked bad. <laughs> it was, you know, it was like a, they, they're like, would he have, you know, what if it was a white dude that he had smacked or what, you know, it was just like, it was just a bad reflection. It was, it looked, it was, a, it was poor. Um, <clears throat> so I, for him to put it in that context even was like, oh, wow. I, I yeah, it was powerful. Yeah. It was very powerful. I agree with you, like not laugh out loud funny. And there was a right. lot of cussing and the the female stuff was just completely I was like, oh, I wonder if he could do better. I wonder yeah. what it is about his comedy that hasn't gone forward with that, because maybe as his daughters are adults dealing with adult yeah. problems, not, you know, little kid problems, but maybe he will maybe. be more introspective and respectful. I don't know. It was interesting because they kept cutting to women. Mm hmm. And I thought, that's false. Like, these women were laughing, but they weren't really laughing. They were, like, they weren't. <laughs> yeah. nervous laughing, like, oh, I get right. that old joke that I've heard We also don't know if, that, if that footage was from, like, 
the, the warm up act. That's true. You know, those cutaways, you can't count on those. Yeah, that's true. Um, I summed it up by saying, uh, and I've seen other Chris Rock specials, by the way. I, this is not my first time seeing him yeah. do a stand-up special. I don't like him as a stand-up. Mm-hmm. I don't laugh. I love him in scripted materials. He tickles me to no end when he's doing voiceovers or in a role. Um, I think he was one of our best Oscar hosts. When he is scripted right. and and reined in, I I really enjoy Chris Rock. Yeah. This is not how I want to watch him. This that's just my humble yeah. opinion. Yeah. No, that's um I little tidbit. Oops. I saw Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. He came to Vassar. Oh. Uh back in the day when he was just starting out, I guess. I don't know. Um, and everyone hated him. <laughs> oh. Well, because he was doing jokes about, well, of course I like to go to the pro-choice rallies because those women fuck, right? Mm -hmm. Pardon my Mm -hmm. F-bomb. but And he was still, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever it was, talking about women like they were just pussy. And this was Vassar, you know, and even back then, we were like, no, 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 guy, that's not the direction we all want to go. And you need to you know this is not it's not funny and and nobody was laughing he 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 bombed because it was Good. just not you can't talk <laughs> about women like that take that chris Ra. yeah it was but no, I, but you know what i i hear he did well for himself so good for him <laughs> good for him uh okay man jobs how many you know what i mean i i'd say like i'd give it like um three and a half but then i'd give the ending five uh, the ending that last three minutes was what was yeah. what sold it. Uh, yes. He made some other good points. So I'd give it 2.5. I. Yeah. It, if he said it's an hour long lecture by Chris Rock, I would have given it <laughs> four. It's just I not, get it. it wasn't funny. That happens, right? Somebody says, oh, this is a comedy, you know, and right. then it's a drama. You're like, well, but I feel cheated. Yep. Mistreated. Go ahead. When will I uh, Man Cave is brought loved? to you by uh, <laughs> True Story yeah. FM. Engineering by Pete Wright. Music by Ian Post. And we need and love reviews. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us five stars and write a review and we'll give you a shout out on the air. Yes, we would love it. And uh, also, by the way, if you want to chat with us a little further, this feels a little like one way. But if you want to enter our Manned Cave, you may do so at mannedcave.com slash discord. There's like a cute little chat channel for fandies only and then also for the general public. And we love hearing from people. We post pictures and nonsense up there. And if you want to become a fandy, we are supported by you guys if you can believe it, not just mentally and emotionally, but also financially. $5 a month. It's nothing. Um, you know, it's like the price of a hot dog, really. At least in Los Angeles. Well, in Los Angeles, they're getting pretty pricey, I'm just going to say. Um, the good ones. The, the foot long. Anyway, um, <laughs> so please do support us and become a Fandy. Mancave.com slash Fandy. And then also you can represent being a Fandy by going to mancave.com slash merch, guys. We are the cutest in our little t-shirts and sweaters and travel mugs. And there's a really cute picture of one of our travel mugs being held by a new Fandy on our Discord. So come check it out. Check us out. And uh, and uh, we love you. You all win the award for Best Fandy today. 
Congratulations. Congratulations, guys. And you know what? Anyone out there who's not a Fandy, I just want you to know, keep dreaming and keep hoping because someday, someday it can happen for you. That is the American dream. Not winning an Oscar. It's that. I was going to start to play you off, but I couldn't think of what song to play you off in. But I, but that's where I was <laughs> Thank going. Thank you. Okay. So we are in our Oscar frame of mind. Hell yeah. And we are we were talking about an Oscar scandal, the greatest Oscar scandal of all time, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Me not winning. I would like I would like to talk about other Oscar scandals. Okay. Oh, and yeah. whether or not they are true or whether I have made them up. Oh. Are you ready? Sure. Real or fake? Mary Pickford missed the Oscars when she won Best Actress because she was at her hospital bedside wedding with her terminally ill 78-year-old millionaire fiancé. That is false. That is false. (laughs) How did you know? I thought if I used Mary Pickford, you would never know. Mary Pickford uh, ultimately was still a woman in the film business. And uh, and an indie filmmaker, and there's just no way she had a million dollar fiance because she would have done better. <laughs> a millionaire fiance, either way, either way, yeah, whatever it costs. All right, yep, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Marissa Tomei, Tomei or Tomei, I never know. Tomei, Tomei. Marissa Tomei won Best Supporting Actress, but some claim the presenter read the wrong name and was too embarrassed to take it back. Oh, that's interesting. No, that doesn't happen. No, she won. So that's, oh wait, is that, am I saying true that there's a rumor that that happened? It, some some claim the presenter read the wrong name. Oh, well, I imagine somebody could claim that. Sure, that could be true. You are two for two. <laughs> I've never heard that, that though. No, I've never heard that either. I, I, she was brilliant. It was my cousin Vinny, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was brilliant in that movie. My biological clock is ticking like this. See, yeah. you did. She did the hand gestures, guys. It made yeah. me want to go back and watch that movie again, even though I am not Great a repeater. Movie. Only the right. only thing the Oscars did for me is give me total anxiety that there's so many classic films that I have not watched, and it made me want to just go like sit in a room and watch movies all day, which I guess is the point. Right. Yeah. Uh Cameras caught co-stars Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor kissing backstage when they were both married to other people. Oh, hell yes. I would believe that. Yeah, you would. I wrote it. I made it up. Oh, all right. Well, were they ever married to other people? I feel like they just married each other over and over again. No, no, no. They were very much married to other people and then married each other and then divorced and married each other again. Yes. She she had seven husbands, right? Something? Uh, I think even more. I think eight. Oh, okay. Okay. But I could be wrong. Did she marry someone in between marrying him? Like, did she go marry yeah. him? Another person? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did. My yeah. God. I mean, if you like to If you have weddings, any questions, please email my mom at Helene Fox. At <laughs> <laughs> she really, she knows her shit when it comes to this topic. Oh, those two specifically? Yeah. And 1940s, 50s, 60s cinema. And my mom is all in, all into that. I had no idea. Oh, my God. We're yeah. going to have to chat her ear off the next time that she comes to town. She'll be here in April. Good Woo-hoo! news. <laughs> All right. 11-year-old winner Anna Paquin was devastated when the cameras missed almost all of her acceptance speech because she was too short to be in frame. Okay. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I mean, these are professionals, you know. I don't think at a at a movie award show they would not tilt the camera. All right. <laughs> Rob Lowe embarrassed himself by singing Proud Mary with Snow White. Oh. Well, I he did sing Proud Mary with Snow White, or he sang something with Snow White, so I'm guessing it probably was Proud Mary. But that wasn't the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part was the sex tape, right? <laughs> I don't know when they when they each happened, but yeah, he sang Proud Mary with Snow White, and it was. Yeah, I do. It's worth, worth the old YouTube lookup. I will. You're giving me so much to do today. I love it. Uh, okay. When a protester ran on stage, host Johnny Carson tackled him and held him until security dragged him away. Wow, that's exciting. I, I'm i going to say false just because I don't see Johnny Carson tackling anybody. I feel like he would have put the envelope to his head and been like, that guy's going to go to jail. <laughs> no, I just made it up. Okay. okay. Well, I just made it up. You're doing too well. Also, wouldn't I don't it, have like- been, it would have been Jay Leno who hosted, not Johnny Carson. Because Johnny <laughs> okay. would have been on vacation. Johnny Carson hosted many of the Oscars. I'm sure. Uh, Jack Nicholson was too drunk to walk on stage to accept his Oscar for terms of endearment. Too drunk to walk. I'm going to say false because I feel like he's been drunk a lot. Like, who's too drunk to walk? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say no. False. False. You are correct. Okay. Okay. He's he's. He's drinking now, like, you know, wherever he is. I'm sure he's drinking. Wherever he is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Joan Crawford turned her back when Betty Davis won her Oscar. Oh, physically turned her back? I don't think that's true. But maybe that is true. Oh, scandal. That is scandalous. Back in a more innocent time, someone turning around was scandalous. Refusing not to look at the slapping. Now, and I wonder if they probably didn't, did they have all the cameras on the audience back then? I have no idea. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. She could have lost an earring and somebody misinterpreted it, but okay. I'm not sure what she would have said after, but they had a famous, famous feud. Joe so Crawford it's... was a lovely gal. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah. This doesn't sound on brand. Two very nice ladies. <laughs> uh... The Oscars awarded Best Screenplay to screenwriter Robert Rich, but he doesn't exist. Interesting. I'm going to say true because it could be that Robert Rich was a pseudonym or like a pen name. You are so Um, smart. Do you want to guess who he was a pen name for? I would say a lady, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they really, if ladies really, well... Maybe I'll say a lady. I don't know who. I honestly don't know who. It was Dalton Trumbo. Oh, well, because that's a terrible name. Of course you would change your name to Robert Rich. No, (laughs) Dalton Trumbo was blacklisted. Oh. Because of the HUAC committee, you know. Yes. House of Un-American Activities. Yes. So he couldn't work in Hollywood. So he used a pen name and he won an Oscar. And then they were like, well, Robert Rich couldn't show up tonight. Let's try and ship it to his house. And they couldn't find him. Oh my God! That was it. Took it went that far into the process before they figured out who it was. Mandy, what a great piece of Hollywood trivia! So should I stop there because I have one more? <laughs> I, <laughs> well, let's go for it. I mean, you're it's this is amazing. I'm enjoying the heck out of this. When the sound system cut out on Diana Ross, she ended up rapping an acapella version of the theme from Mahogany and got a standing ovation for it. Okay, I want this to be true, so I'm going to say true. It is absolutely not true. Oh, it's too bad. 
And that's the thing I'd go to YouTube for. I want it to know, be true. Do you know the theme from Mahogany, which actually goes, do you know where you're going to? Oh, do sure. You like things? I just I thought that would be so funny if she wrapped it. <laughs> oh, wrapped it. I thought you said sung it a cappella. I, I said a, a rap a cappella version of it. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't enjoy the hip hop and the rap. It's not for me. It's not for me. I'm still a jazzy, big band swing kind of gal, you know, you know. Um, how exciting. Gosh. Yes. I love I love an Oscar, man. And, you know, can I tell you something cute? I know yeah. we're done with the game, but I, in the middle of it, Abby turned to me and she goes, Mom, I can't wait until Jess Plus Nun is up there. Oh. And then she goes, and I'm going to score it. Because she's trying to compose now. She wants to score. Oh. Like, she, she's, she's not really. You have to actually practice piano to, but this is her fantasy of mm-hmm. someday it's the American dream, right? All. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, sweetie. So she's a little, I didn't realize she was dumb. Like, straight A student, but like very dumb because that's not <laughs> how movies work. I'm like, babe, it's actually finished and the score is done. But I thought it was cute that she's like, we're going to get, get it, mom. Isn't that mm-hmm. cute? I love it. By the way, just want to say, this week when people are hearing this is going to be the premiere of the movie in London. Wednesday and Saturday of this week. So very excited. Okay. It's going to happen. Coming up. Coming up. (laughs) Cheerio, pip, pip. Yeah. Bloody hell. I'm getting in the spirit. All right. (laughs) Well, we are... We went out of order, so next up will be History of the World Part 2, oh, which yes, we have yes. watched and are ready to discuss. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. We cheated a little bit, because I'm going to be... We did, uh, but I'm glad, because we had all the Oscar stuff to talk about. Oh, so. it was so great. I loved it. I love it. Yay. And I love you. And I love you. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll talk to you, well, actually, pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. 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 